When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello, who is that jester laughing in the background? It's us, it's the Chelsea Podcast. And I think I know who the jester is, but first, let me introduce you to a man who's more serious than the most serious thing. It's Mr. Andy Saunders. How are you doing? Yeah, not bad, thank you, Andy. Not bad, how are you? I'm all right, thank you, yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm all right. Good. Isn't he known as Cheeky Boy now? <laughs> is it, I, I, I've no idea what you're referring to. Uh, I'm sure we'll get around to it. That, that, that's Rick, yeah. That's Mr. Rick Glanville, who Hello. is the jester amongst us and the Chelsea historian and, and a very sagacious man, aren't <laughs> you, Rick? At least I know what sagacious stands for, so I'll, I'll accept that, yes. Are you implying that Andy has no idea what I just said? <laughs> no, very so rude. So, so anyone rude. Who could, anyone who could promote the cheeky girls... Must know what sagacious means. He's talking about, I put a tweet out earlier, there was a piece in The Guardian today about about the uh, anniversary and the making of Touch My Bum by the Cheeky Girls, which was a massive global hit, which I am partly responsible for. And I think I had more reaction to that tweet than I've had to pretty much anything I've done in the last five years. Well, so, <laughs> hold on, hold on. Can, can I just rewind that sentence? <laughs> that you and the Cheeky Girls and Bum all did something together. What happened? Please tell. Well, the Cheeky Girls were contestants on one of those reality shows. I can't remember one. I think it was a Pop Idol, one of those ones. And and they had this really awful novelty song called Touch My Bum that went viral, a couple of Romanian twins. It's uh, called the Cheeky Song. Yeah, it was called the Cheeky Song. And, and, Touch and, My Bum, yeah. Exactly. And, uh, and they, for some unknown reason, went viral with this song. It was signed by a label called Telstar Records, who I was doing some work work for at the time, and I ended up kind of overseeing the PR campaign for it. And it was a, uh, as I say, huge global hit. Um, and it, as I say, it was a piece about the uh, the making of the record. And I held my hand up and said, "Sorry, basically." <laughs> oh, and I thanked you for it. You did. <laughs> but I, there is a Chelsea connections because they're from Ooh, Cluj. They are. That's, that's right. right. And uh, we played Cluj in, uh, when Scolari was in charge in 2008. Cluj is quite so a nice we, place, isn't it? It's a big student town. Yeah, and, and big Dracula town as well, I think. Yeah. It's in that, that neck of the woods, isn't it? It's in Transylvania. Romania. Yeah. yeah. And is there any Chelsea connection right now with Cluj? I haven't, a No, I'm not going to say that. Oh, very good. Uh, what are you, are you getting yeah, at something say, there, Kerry? I haven't a clue, no, no. mate. Hey, I was just trying to set the joke up for somebody. So. Right. And I, yeah, see, you knew I'm like a seal. It's yeah, yeah. herring. You knew that I would go for it. Uh, absolutely. So, so Rick, um, I suppose we should, we should speak to you first because we haven't had you on this season uh, and what have you. How have you taken to the whole 
Frank is our manager and there's youth coming through and we're going to have to take our time and be patient. Have you viewed it all? What's it been like for you? I, th- I think I, I'm like a, a lot of people that um, I felt that there was uh, that what the changes uh, were necessary. I think there was a lot of uh, fragmentation and bad feeling and Frankly, not a lot of great football being played last season. There were reasons uh, why that was happening. But I think if you take into uh, to account the situation that we find ourselves in, losing our best player, uh, the FIFA-imposed um, ban on transfers over 16, and um, the need to rebuild the squad, I think it was a really, can I say, perspicacious uh, decision to bring in a club legend, someone who is unimpeachable, really. Sweaty. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> exactly, that's exactly what it means, Andy. <laughs> and um, I, I thought it was a sensible decision, and I think it was really well-received, and I think it is still being well-received. I, I have to say, after, and I will come on to the match in a minute, the Sheffield United game, um, I've been to every game this season, including Norwich, and um, I've just felt there's so much goodwill. Everyone wants things to work out. And apart from his one, uh, if we're talking about positives, apart from his one faux pas in the Super Cup, Tammy Abraham, I think, has been fantastic. And he, for me, he epitomises what we have been wanting for several years now. To see a young, homegrown coming, be given a chance and snatch it. Mason Mount as well. I think Fikai Tomori was fantastic, actually, on... Um, uh, against Sheffield United reminds me a lot of Marcel Desai and his calmness and things. And I think that that's what we've been looking. We've been hoping to integrate these world-class youngsters that have set records everywhere they've been at, at lower age groups. So I, so I think enormously positive. And I think Frank's carried himself really well so far. Yeah, I, th- I think that's true. I mean, you've kind of done the whole podcast there by talking about absolutely everybody in the first two minutes, but there we go. But that's okay. But Andy, I mean, for you, um, Sheffield United, I mean, do you think we've got to just see how each game goes at the moment? Because we had high expectations. This should be a nice, straightforward victory. But nothing straightforward at the moment for us yet in these sort of early, early days of Frankdom. No, and I, I, you know, I'm, I'm very, as you know, quite cautious about about being overly excited about two games against two promoted teams. Uh, I, I share Rick's optimism. I, I feel good about going to games. I'm excited. I, I, you know, like Rick, I think it's exciting to see players taking their chances. Mason Mount. Tammy Abraham, I think, being the, the best examples of that. I wasn't at the game on Saturday, so I didn't see Tamori in the flesh. But from what, what? I've seen, from what, what I've seen, he was. Uh, let me finish. I, I think he was. Uh, uh, I think he was. Uh, he was excellent by all accounts. And from what I've seen, you know, I've watched the game, but I wasn't there in the flesh. So, so that's great. But you know, let, let's be honest. We've played. In a game against Man United where we got fairly battered, particularly in the second half. We played against Leicester, which we didn't win. We played against Norwich, a promoted side, which we did win, but we made it difficult. And we played against Sheffield, which we drew. So, 
lauding these young players as 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 you know the 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 answer i think is a little bit premature it is really exciting to see them and i think it's absolutely right to say there is a feeling of of um optimism around uh, any ground you go to amongst the chelsea fans at the moment but that does need to be tempered and we 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 need not to load too much expectation on them yeah i mean no, I, th- I completely agree about the expectation i was quite uh, in what I just said, I deliberately didn't say that I'm expecting us to have a great season. I think mm. we have to be really sanguine about about how we are likely to end up. And we've got to hope that once... I mean, the other thing that people keep forgetting, including every pundit, is that we've had this terrible injury list of some of our key players who... Yeah. Uh, how often in games so far this season have you looked and thought, oh my God, you know, if only we had X player who's you know, Kante or Ruben Loftus-Cheek or Callum Hudson-Odoi or someone like that that we could uh, call upon at key moments. So I think that's where we're that's where we're missing out. It's not so much the starting 11s, it's the changes that we uh, need to make because the opponents are kind of working us out a little bit in the second half. We're tiring because it's quite a, an attritional style of play that we, we've uh, started off with. And, uh, you know, we don't, we haven't got, haven't had the resources to draw on so far this season. But that is going to come after the international break. I should explain why I wasn't watching the game. I, you know, I play a lot of cricket, and this is that kind of that that time of year when there's that crossover between cricket and football. Um, and normally, I would have um, finished the cricket season and been at the games by now. But I had to play in this promotion deciding game on Saturday. It was, it was, it was really important. And unfortunately, for the first half. We were in the field, so I had no access to the, um, you know, to the game whatsoever. But in the second half, uh, we were batting. So as a, as a confirmed number 11 batsman, I was able to relax on the sideline. And I was walking around the boundary, uh, listening to the game on my headphones, uh, while people looked at me gesticulating and, uh, and, and stamping and shouting uh, and cheering uh, from the boundary. So that, that's why I wasn't at the game. Um, and, and what was interesting about it was was hearing the commentary about the young players and about the positivity coming through, about how exciting it was, and you know, and, and that can only be a good thing. Yeah, I think I think uh, it it was. Uh, it, what's the most interesting thing for me is how an awful lot of the ground is giving out heart and soul to these players. On the whole, you know, there were moments against Sheffield United where people were getting a bit leery in, 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 in our stand. And he thought, oh, no, look, just let it go. We can't get upset about this stuff. This is what comes with the territory. This is how it's going to be. You will find these kids. And actually, if I'm honest, it wasn't really the kids that let us down at all. Um, you know, I, I would say, you know, we'll get on to it in a minute, but we'll, we'll talk about Dave and what's going on with him again. Um, but, you know, the, the crowd is always just, close to exploding but they on the whole kept it together and kept support going at the end there was lots of applause for everybody so that was good to see um i would say you know yet again dave's had had uh not one of his finest games again looks good going forward takes part crosses in does a lot of work but defensively you know you noticed it towards the end of the first half where they realized there was a weakness down that side and for the last few minutes of the first half and then straight away from the second half they attacked dave and they got their crosses across and consequently got their goals and my thinking is 
the one thing I think everyone keeps going on about Reese James. Well, Reese James isn't fit yet. We don't know how he'll react to being suddenly from Wigan to the first team in the way we didn't know about Abraham, in the way we didn't know about Mason Mount. So we'll just have to see. But I have a feeling when Rudiger's fit, maybe the first thing he'll do is slot him in at right back. Yeah, possibility that. And we were discussing similar things and whether, uh, whether also it's not something that Frank has used, used very much at, uh, in his one season so far at Derby, but whether he could actually go three at the back um, is another possibility if he felt that we needed a little bit more defensive coverage. But I would say about the thing with Aspie is that um, I'm with you. He doesn't have the recovery pace. He's 30 now. I think he was 30 last week. Um, he doesn't have the recovery pace that he used to have. So, uh, and, and he's getting kind of mugged a lot um, by simple tricks by opponents that, who are just trying to uh, sneak across in. And I find uh, that, that's really upsetting to see because when you think how, how brilliant he was in those one-on-one situations previously, it's a, I, I find that quite um, upsetting. But he's not getting the protection he did either. That's the other thing. Oh, you have to factor in who he's, the context that he's in now. And is he getting enough protection without Kante on the right? No. Is he getting enough protection? Maybe uh, is the understanding still not quite there with the centre back? Probably not. You're right. I mean, Andy, you were saying this to me uh, um, yesterday, I think it was. You were saying that's the problem with Dave. He's not playing that well, but he's also not getting much help, is he? I think we're twice the team when Kante's in it, and I think that gives us a solidity in the midfield that we're missing at the moment. It's great to see us, you know, being able to transition well with Jorginho. I think Kovacic is having a good season. Still not 100% about Barkley, but there's really good, you know, signs with Mason Mount and various other people being able to transition the ball forward quickly in a way that we didn't do last season. My concern is that without that steal in midfield, we look a bit of a soft touch. We look like we can be bullied. We look like we can be, uh, you know, as, as, as Rick rather eloquently said, mugged, you know, on the ball. And that, that is a concern. You don't get that so much when Kante's there. Kante marks space so well. He stops the angles. He's, he's such a clever, intelligent, defensive-minded footballer um, that he does offer so much protection to that back four. It doesn't get away from the fact that something is wrong in, in, in the world of Dave. Something is not quite right there. You know, that expression, recovery pace, I really like that because it, it's not just pace because he does have a turn of speed going forward. It's that ability to recover um, and he hasn't got it. And I don't know whether that's his legs or his mentality or the system that he's playing in. I don't know what it is, but it's not right. Do you think it may be that it's too many years of covering other people's backsides? Because he's done an awful lot of running for that defence in his time. And, and I really hate seeing him like this, you know. But it does look as though it's things that I'm, I'm not sure he's going to get back. And, and, and that's a concern, wouldn't you think, Rick? Well, I bet even Red Adair got fed up with what, seeing fires. And, I'm, you know, I think that's the, the problem with uh, when you do have to cover for so many people and if you are constantly being turned uh in that in that position of right back and don't forget that is you know it's the old thing that you do put fast defenders at right back and you know it requires pace that position because wingers are fast it's like a school the fastest players play on the wing don't they and the second fastest ones play on the play full back so if you do lose that 
that touch of pace. But I think it is a little bit of... I think Andy's right. You know, we, well, we're both saying about the lack of protection. I think he's feeling a bit exposed. And he's kind of... He's not making Dave decisions. I mean, the first goal that Sheffield United scored, scored he was caught like... Um, straight on uh, to the to the bloke who slipped the ball through his legs. That was really sort of unlike him. But the other thing is, lots of the attacks that where we're suffering are not coming through the middle. Like people might say, Jorginho, I mean, last year we saw it a lot where people were kind of slaloming through the middle, um, through Kovar and Georgie and other, and, uh, and other people. That's not really happening now. Well, it's the second, the second Norwich goal, I think. Did. Yeah, that, 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 the second Norwich one. But what the way that teams are targeting this, mm. what they're doing is they're firing the ball diagonally. They're either playing it down the wing or uh, playing it down our right, um, straight down to the winger, or they're actually firing it diagonally from from their right to our right. So this kind of you know they're bombarding, they're trying to bombard him, and that is interesting to watch on Saturday. Initially, they were trying that against Emerson, and Emerson is such an improved player this mm. season. Um, and I think that's that's kind of going under the radar a little bit. That he's becoming better in his aerial duels, all his all-round defensive play, his positional sense. Um, you know, he's really sort of, and and he's a little bit more brave attacking-wise. So that that side, I think he's doing quite well. I'm it's a big fan it, of Reese James. I'm a, it, I've got to say, I think it, he'll give Dave a run for his money. I, I'm going to hold my hands up and say I haven't seen a lot of Reese James. Um, and I'm always slightly concerned about going, it's okay, he's the answer. He'll come in, he'll be the answer, you know, without sort of taking, and I know you're not doing this, Rick, but, but you know, but the idea that everybody's, everybody's sort of going, it's okay, when Reese comes in, that, that'll be fine, without, you know, without taking into account that he's a very young player who hasn't played, you know, that much football at this level, if any, um, and, and is going to be under a huge amount of pressure in a very important position for us. So I think, again, we have to temper our expectations about bringing these players forward. Emerson, I, I think Emerson's a great point. I think he's been really, really good this season. And it is yeah. ironic, the point you made about the diagonal balls, because we used to do that. That was our tactic to kind of switch the play over there. So people are now doing it to us and we're having to deal with it. But something definitely isn't right in the, in the world of Dave, that, that, that's for sure. No, I think, I think you're absolutely right, Andy uh, and Rick. It, it is a concern, and it's one that doesn't look as though it's immediately fixable, because we're seeing it make repetitive mistakes, which is always the big concern. So I think, you and know... Costly ones, and costly ones, Carrie. Yeah. You know, if we, were, if we were getting... We had been getting away with a few, but we, but we are really being punished. Um, teams are, we're conceding really good chances to teams, and they're scoring them. You know, there was no, there's no fat on this, on that at all. It's all lean. They get, they get a chance and they score it if it's mm. a good chance at the moment. Well, look at, look, look. Yeah. Sorry, can I just make a quick point about Reese? I've been watching him for years, and um, and I've met him, and he's he's um, a really sensible, nice kid as well, and he's really strongly built. These he, Tammy, um, Mason Mount, several others, Fikayo. These people have been the best in their age group for years and years. Now, it's not like the old days when we weren't winning the Youth Cup and we weren't winning the UEFA Youth League. These are the best players. You know, they've shown themselves in their age group to be the best in Europe, if not the world. Mm -hmm. So I think it's not quite the gamble. I mean, it's still a gamble, obviously. It's, yeah. 
but it's not quite the gamble that it was, say, in the 80s or the 90s or the, or the 2000s. This is the best youth setup in the world. I, I, to- well, I, totally, I, totally, get, I totally get that, Rick. I, I totally get that. I understand it. I do think the step up to the Premier League from any level, whether it's youth level, championship level, is huge. You know, and I think I, I'm going to hold my hands up and say that players of his age group are making that making that same transition. Well, yeah, and and I think it's a, it's it's absolutely doable to make that transition. I, I just don't think it's a given. That's all. And and I, I you know. I, and, and I think that the kind of the Tammy Abraham situation is interesting because I've said quite vocally that for me, he doesn't look like an elite striker. Look, I, you know, if I have to eat my words, I'll be the happiest man around. You know, honestly, make me eat my words. That's always my attitude is not, you know, I want to be right. It's like, make me eat my words. Make me in two years time be the guy that looked like an idiot when you scored 20, 30 goals in the Premier League. You know, nobody would be happier. Ultimately, at the end of the day, I'm a Chelsea fan and I want what's best for Chelsea. If I have an opinion about a player, I hope it's wrong. I genuinely do. You know what I'm seeing with Tammy? Signs of, uh, that have always been there, uh, the younger age group, of his striking intuition. Um, And I think you saw it, that brilliant... Uh, second goal where he uh, Jorginho knocked it forward and he anticipated that the two defenders were going to muck up and he had a a smelt that they were going to muck up and he wandered away from them uh, knowing that they were going to not get a clean header on it picked up the ball, chested it down took it really quickly on the half volley that was a a fantastic goal and you look at that and you think "Mm, you know what if he can do that uh, and he can think that way intuitively. Um, he's really definitely got something very, very good. He's got a lot Isn't more presence. Than I, he's got a lot more presence than I thought he would have. I thought, I thought he might. I think his strength is a, yeah, is a, yeah. Is probably something he needs to work on. Yeah. yeah. Isn't it the case that somebody like Tammy Abraham? What you're seeing is we saw a year ago that guy go and run out for England and he looked like a headless chicken because he was trying to impress, he was trying to do this. A year later, having got toughened up in the championship where he's been kicked to hell, you've got to fight to survive. And he's done that. And actually what we've seen, all four goals of his have been purely sublimely instinctive goals for a striker to score you know it's everything that Maratta never really got the chance with those kind of goals he'd always have to think about it and you could see him thinking and deciding he was going to miss these are falling for Tammy in a way where he just goes bang hits the back of the net because he's got his position so right and I think this is a very interesting thing about Tammy What's, uh, you know, what, what, what's evident to me about the Premier League and why the Premier League is such a big step up for strikers particularly is that because of the quality of the defences in the midfield in the Premier League, it's actually easy to isolate poor or average strikers. And it's the isolation yeah. that's been the downfall of strikers coming up from the Championship to the Premier League and they just don't get the service. Um, whereas Tammy has demonstrated really good link play He's demonstrated really good awareness around him uh, to work with the attacking and the, and, and the midfield runners. And that, for me, fills me with hope. And that makes me think, I might have to eat my words here. And that's great. I'm happy with this. I'm absolutely happy with it. It's fine. Do you think you could actually eat maybe a sentence already? 
Oh, I, realized... I think I already have. I already have. I've already, you know, great. I mean, like, you know, four, you know, four goals in in two games. I mean, you you can't argue with that. That's that's proper striking. If you know, the the thing is, before we get too excited, let's see if he can do it over thirty eight games in a Premier League season. You know, I think he can probably do it at Stoke on a wet Wednesday. I think we've 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 agreed that. You know, he's done that in the Championship, um, and 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 he's done it at Norwich. You know, so. We know that he can go to lower league teams and and do that. Can he do it game in, game in, game in, game out, week in, week out? That that's what we want to see. Can he do it in the Champions League? Can it exactly? Can he do it? Will he be supported by his uh, you know supply chain to to do that? You know, because if he does, wow, what a find that is for us. Absolutely. Well, look, we've got to go to a commercial break right now, but we'll be back straight after this message. And we're back. So, yeah, uh, Tammy's looking good. Mason Mount had a bit of a quieter game, didn't he, really? And, and Ross Barkley, he's, he's had such a strange start to the season because he was really up and looking great in pre-season. I know they don't really count for much. But then I think, you know, he, maybe his nose got knocked out of joint. His confidence went because he didn't get picked at the start of the season. And he looks as though he's just a little bit off the pace. He did some lovely things against Sheffield United, but didn't seem to last the game. What did you think, Rick? Which one, Barkley or... or... Well, go Ross. Go Ross. Well, I'm hoping, I'm thinking about um, what Andy said, and I think we should make it a word buffet and, um, that he has to eat. <laughs> And uh, all the words of all the people, the players that he's uh, doesn't rate. Hopefully, they'll all turn. They'll all turn up trumps this uh, this season, and he he ends up having to eat uh, a nice word salad of all of these players. I, I'm worried about Ross Barkley's confidence. Uh, you saw, you know, Tammy misses the crucial penalty, Lukaku like uh, in the Super Cup turns around and that's his answer. Scores goals straight away. Um, I've got a feeling with Ross that he he definitely needs an arm around him. But it, it's, his confidence just seems so fragile and he misplaces passes and you hear the crowd turning a little bit and getting a bit frustrated with him. Um, Mason Mount's completely opposite. He's another one who's very confident. I think he needs to, uh, he needs to build up his stamina a bit or pace himself because... He's quieter in the second half than he is in the first half. And um, I know teams are targeting him because they see him as a threat. Um, and they think it, they can knock him over. But I do think he needs to sustain it over over 90 minutes. But he's been sensational. I love his attitude. I love his ebullience and the way he crowds uh, players and, and chases lost causes. And, and he's so positionally sensible as well. But um, Ross, I have my concerns about uh, at present. Yeah, I'd agree. I'd say for all of uh, Ross's lack of confidence, Mason Mount has total confidence. And and confidence plays a huge part as a player, doesn't it, Andy? As a player, doesn't it, Andy? It does. Uh, What I love about Mason Mount is he looks like he enjoys playing football. And there were very few players on the pitch last season that looked like they'd enjoyed being there. And I think, you know, that that was part of the toxicity that, that was around our club 
last season is it didn't look it looked like a joyless experience for the players and the fans um, and I think that's why everybody can see the contrast this season where we're excited about new players and excited about the possibilities but also managing our expectations given the restrictions that we've got with the transfer ban and all the other stuff going back to those two players Mason Mount yet yeah, 100% Looks like he loves playing football. Uh, as Rick says, his attitude is fantastic. He looks like a Chelsea player. He looks like he wants to be a Chelsea player. Um, and, and he's got that innate connection bond with the fans already which is this kind of weird magic that happens with certain players uh, that immediately you know gives them yeah, it is a mystery it's 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 kind of charisma mixed in with passion mixed in with desire there's all sorts of things going on in that mix but he's got it and that's brilliant and we need a few players like that to you know to think they're our players they're not just journeyman mercenaries um and he's one of those players ross barkley i'm sorry i don't get him He's 25 years old. He's 26 at Christmas. He is not a developing player anymore. He should be at the peak of his powers. He has never convinced me. He looks like he suffers from crises of confidence, as we've, as we've said. He doesn't deliver on the big occasion. Yeah, he did well in pre-season, but, you know, frankly, against Mrs. Mogg's 11, I'd do well in pre-season. I know that's harsh, but it doesn't mean anything. You need to deliver on the biggest stage possible, which is the Premier League, and frankly, doesn't. So if I have to eat my words over Ross, I'd be happy to, but I'm a I'm a lot more confident over that than I am about Tammy. Well, leave him as dessert then. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, well, I, I, th- I think it's. it's I don't like. Sorry, Kerry. I don't like to slag any Chelsea player. You know me. I mean, I'm, I'll, I'll back the boys 100. percent Ross has had an awful lot of chances. People are always saying, "Give them a chance. Give players a chance." Well, he's one player that's had a lot of chances, and he, for me, doesn't look like he can affect games in the way I would expect a central midfield player for Chelsea to. I think it's it, time will tell. Um, I also think the pressure's on him because I do think he thought he'd get into the, the side at the start of the season and he'd be there. And then maybe when Ruben Loftus-Cheek came back, he might have to vie with him for the position. But I think the, the development and immediate love of Mason Mount has really thrown him. So, look, it's sink or swim at this level. You want him to succeed, but if you can't cope with it, he can't cope with it. But If, if you're a 25-year-old professional footballer and you're getting upset about not being selected for the first 11 that's a problem isn't it yeah I, I i totally agree with you but i also think he's had an awful lot of bad luck in his career with with various things and injuries and what have you um maybe he's just too fragile and maybe it'll be 15 million quid we find uh, difficult to get back who, who knows we'll, we'll have to see um the, the one person i'd like to mention is tamori and going back to what we're saying about the youngsters um and you know, this is potentially our golden crop. Uh, somebody was talking to me uh, yesterday. Yes, exactly. I hate saying it, but there's a curse I, if ever there was one. Absolutely no, but I mean, there. No, avoid it, but you know, yeah. open goals. Sorry, I don't use that. Yeah, but but my point is, you know, people say, "Oh well, Chelsea, you know, they have this loan system. They have all these youngsters. Hundreds of them come through, and you know, they just get spat out." And I go, "Yeah, but." We loan them out, and the majority of them can't come back a better player or a good enough player to play for the first team. This is the first instance through the start of the academy where suddenly you've got some players who've got more than potential, have shown their worth at certain levels, that are crying out for a chance to get in the first team. Whether they can hold on to that position, whether they can do what we want them to do, time will tell. And whether, as Andy says, can they do it over, over a whole season? But this is the first crop 
you know, Hudson Odoi, Loftus Cheek, Tamori, Mason Mount, uh, Tammy Abraham, that have grown up together since they were six or eight years old or whatever, and have advanced together. Time will tell, but it is interesting, isn't it? How this is the first lot. Yeah, yeah well, it's also the first coaching su- team, remember, that have that have uh, uh, have been in harmony with uh, Neil Bath and his academy and watched them and everything. So that's uh, an important facet of it. Faith. I think it also as well. It needs to be pointed out that Tamori is two years older than Mason Mount. You know, he's 22, another Christmas baby in December. Um, you know, so he's he's slightly he's had slightly more time. I mean, I think a lot of Chelsea fans remember Tamori for scoring own goals when he played uh, for Derby against us. Um, so it's nice to see him come and look the part. But again, you know, when you're getting towards 22 years of old, I know that's young, but these days, you know, players are young, and you need them to develop quickly. You can't give them you know, huge amounts of time to develop. You're either good enough for the Premier League or you're not. Hopefully, I think I think Tamori, Mount and Abraham definitely are. I, I'm, I'm sure that they are. Um, but the point being is that it's not about giving them chances, it's about them taking the chances. Well, yeah, I think you're right. It's all, all about seizing the opportunity. And Tamori's interesting because everyone goes on about Mason Mount had an incredible season at Derby. Well, who was Derby's player of the year? It was Tamori. Uh, and you've seen him a lot, haven't you, Rick? Yeah. And he's a, he's a really calm. I mean, you know, one of the things you need to be as a central defender, and when, when you have it, when you uh, when you're very young, it, it really is quite rare. Is that composure and the calmness, and to be able to read the game brilliantly and have confidence in your ability with both feet, which I think is also uh, an important thing to have. Um, and watching him last season, uh, he. He smells danger uh, and he attacks it. He's positionally very, very strong. He's got great range of passing. And I know that Frank and Jody were felt a bit upset for him uh, that he hasn't actually featured yet. And I know they'd be really pleased that he did so well when he uh, uh, when he played against Sheffield United. He's he wasn't at fault for the goals. I think to be honest, they're right back. And I think um, Kurt really. Uh, was probably more culpable on the on both goals than than he was. So he can hold his head up high and say he did a really good job. And so when Tony Rudiger is available again, there's an interesting discussion. Cool. That's that is a that's a real discussion about. I mean, if we assume that Tony Rudiger is going to play and will be one of the centre backs of Zuma, Christensen, Tamore, who do you pick, Rick? Uh, I, well, I'm going to do the cop out and say I, I, I'm not going to. For me, I'd need to know which partnership I'm seeing gel on the training ground, because that's what you need: partners that gel. I never felt, frankly, that uh, Rudiger and David Luiz were a kind of the chemistry was there. No, I, I felt that, that they were a little bit at odds with each other, and sometimes that can work uh, because it becomes a. a a, a kind of creative tension that means that you the, the two stay on on guard with each other. But I always never quite felt that it that it bedded in. So I'd be looking at, I, I, frankly, I, I'd be comfortable with uh, any of that that four, to be honest. And I've got to say, I would look if teams are going to target a right back area and they're going to knock the ball over and over and they're going to uh, keep trying to win the knockdowns and things. 
maybe we need a, a taller player there who's who's played at right back. Tony Rudiger's played there. Uh, I think Tomori's played there as well. Um, so there's there's a possibility that maybe we could look at that as an option until Aspie finds his form again. Um, but I would just leave that to them on the training ground and see which partnership gels, uh, which two players wed together the best. Fun fact about uh, about Tamore is, of course, that he qualifies for Nigeria, Canada and England, born in Cagliari, uh, has represented Canada and England at youth level and could also play for Nigeria. So it'll be interesting to see who comes after him, uh, you know, with the, with the best offer, I think. Southgate or Southgate will come after him surely because he's he's had had him in the youth side there. I would have thought he'll make sure of that. He won't want to lose him, especially now he sees Tamori getting some game time with Chelsea. I I, I think that's that's what'll happen. He loves um, our academy as well, doesn't he, Gareth? I mean, <laughs> well, you would as an England manager, you go good when God you're in this... Europe as well as at home. God, you know. I know. Well, so... While we're talking about young players. Uh, 84th minute, on comes Billy Gilmore for his, for his debut, which, well, yeah, um, look, looking about 12 and four stone wet, um, comes on and, you know, again, walking around the boundary of my cricket match, I was like, so we're leading 2-1, needing to hold this result and we bring on a little flair midfield player it seems a bit weird but what was pointed out and 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 also you know what i subsequently looked at when i looked at the team we didn't have any holding midfield options on the bench there was no. there was nobody apart from maybe christiansen that could have come into midfield and he was um, injured which which is a slight concern isn't it if we're looking to shore up games let's assume that those you know a few weeks off now we got some you know reasonably big games coming up you know we've got wolves we've got uh, liverpool coming up and the Champions League. If we're if if we're in a situation, the eggs ready. <laughs> if we're in, if we're in a situation where uh, we need to hold on to a result, we don't bless him. Want to be bringing on a player like Billy Gilmore, do we? Uh, it was it was just unfortunate. The whole thing. It was one of those things. I mean, for, f- yeah. It, no, no, no. It, I'm just I'm making the point about our lack of options in in holding midfield. I'm not criticising Billy Gilmore at all. I think he's you know I don't know an awful lot about him, but by all accounts, he's a great player and and will be a great option in a certain situation. But bringing him on at that situation, and I know why it was why why it was brought on. My my point is about who do we have. Who do yeah, we? Cobra who, was injured. I mean, it's who just do we the have that can come in and do that? We don't. I mean, that, and that is the the problem with you know not being able to buy in the transfer window. And then actually, I can't remember the last time we started off a season with so many players injured. I mean, mm. it, it, it's just one of those things, you know. And look, if we'd have seen out the last, but I think that's a. I think that's a. That's a. That's an interesting point. You say that, but is it? We didn't get any injuries for years and years. Then last season, we started to get some quite serious ones. We had the Achilles ones. Now, I don't know. Were, were this a, is, uh, are there changes in the regimen that uh, have made that happen? Or is it just coincidence? I don't know. No, well, I mean, we talked about that last year when, we, you know, you get those two Achilles injuries. Is there something going on on the training ground? And if so, let's blame Sarri. Um, you know, hopefully... <laughs> Hopefully it's finished, but I, we we do have 
a light squad at the moment because there is no one to come in and fill it. So, you know, it, actually, just on a side on Billy Gilmore, I go with my friend Wimp, who you uh, you know, Andy, and um, he just couldn't stop singing, looking through Billy Gilmore's eyes, yeah, looking through Billy Gilmore's eyes, which I just loved, and everybody was staring at him, and I was just cracking up laughing. <laughs> yeah, unless you're a fan of niche new wave from the uh, late 1970s, uh-huh. you're never going to get that. <laughs> Yeah, Tom, Tom's got a song. Tammy's got a song. So uh, only fitting that uh, others let's spread the love around. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. And I, I think so. George, so, yeah. his name was sung again. Yeah, yeah, that's was. great. I mean, I noticed that at Norwich, which was which was really good. I was at the Norwich game, and uh, as were you, to, to hear that was brilliant. And and you know, to hear it uh, on Saturday as well was was great. And I think that shows that our fans are able to sit back and have a look at players and appreciate when they do do well uh, and credit should be given to, to to them us for that i think you credit the bandage i think that was the turning point in his chelsea career i think when he remember when he got his head when he the, the terry butcher factor yes exactly i think that's <laughs> where people sort of uh warmed him i'm personally i didn't have uh, apart from the up and down dips in form i never had a problem with it. i could see what he's trying to do i think he's a lovely player but I think other people that just kind of pigeonholed him as Sari's man. Ludicrous. Uh, yeah. Warmed to him after that, uh, the bandage display, and, and obviously performance in the uh, Europa League final. We'll be a better you know- team when we'll be a better team when Kante comes back. We'll see. We'll see. And Loftus Cheek, and 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 Callum Hudson Odoi, and you know, and 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 you know, you're right. We you know we have these players that are going to feel like new signings coming back. It's going to be really exciting, and and I think for Frank to have those problems in selection is brilliant, c- considering where we are and the restrictions we're under. I agree, and you know, we'll we'll, we'll just see how it develops. But you know, uh, going back to Jorginho, there's also the thing for me. People say, oh, well, you know, he wasn't like this last year. And you go, well, no, A, he was under strict instruction from Sarri. And B, we've got to remember, it takes a year for some players to bed in. I mean, you know, we'll see how Pulisic develops. He's, he shows real flashes of stuff. But, you know, on the whole, he's quite quiet a lot of the games. But I'm not going to worry about that. It just takes time to adapt, doesn't it's it? It's the pace. I think he's seen the match. You look at him sometimes, and I reckon he's seeing it like a sort of a reverse of the matrix, you know, where everything appears in slow motion. I think everything appears speeded up to him. I think it's just like, he must feel like he's in the the middle of a whirlwind or something. And that that makes complete sense, doesn't it? Yeah. I mean, it's not too much for him. Pedro. Pedro's not available at the moment. He's another one. Do you know? What a loss. We would not have lost. We would have won three or four nil, I think, if Pedro had been uh, around at the weekend. I think he's that important at the moment. We, we, yeah. we, you know, we've started the season reasonably slowly with, you know, some gentle, you know, sort of, you know, uh, once a week games against Premier League size. We're about to go into an international break this weekend, a stupid international break, as we call it on this programme. Um, and then we start to really start to accelerate the season with Champions League games, Carling Cup games, or Carabao Cup games, sorry, uh, more Premier League games. There's going to be games coming thick and fast from here until Christmas now. Um, Here's one for you, boys. Go Go do, should we progress in the Carabao Cup? I, I, I take the Mourinho attitude to things, which is if you're in it, you should win it. Yeah, well, that's true. Well, look, we're, we're just about What do you think, Rick? Sorry, uh, just on that one. Sorry, because you made the point. What do you think? You sacrifice it? I think given the... the I, I would just play 
a team. Um, uh, it, look, we'll, we'll probably beat Macclesfield or Grimsby, or you'd hope we would, uh, and you put out a team to beat them. But if you're playing it like Liverpool last season, if you remember, we won there. <laughs> no one really expected us to do to do that, did we? And actually, out, out, we went right to the final in that and then lost there. And actually, it was quite an attritional competition for us uh, last season. Now, I'm with you. I want to win everything that's there, but... Good to get Frank Good to get Frank a trophy, wouldn't it? Absolutely, absolutely. But on the, on the other side, I wonder whether with a relatively small squad... Um, I wonder whether it would it, it would be too bad a thing if we maybe just went a couple of rounds or three rounds and then yeah. uh, went out well, gracefully. Yeah. Pragmatically, let's, pragmatically let's, yeah. I get it. Emotionally, I you know I want us to win. No, but, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Same here. Well, well, let's see how it goes. We've got to wrap up um, in a second. So, just lastly, international break. Little bit boring, but maybe a few a few Chelsea players on display, um, and then we come back against Wolves. Tough game. You and I went last year, Andy. It was a painful place to go and a painful place not to be a hundred percent percent switched on for the whole game. Uh, what are your thoughts and predictions for that? Firstly, to you, Andy. Uh, Wolves are a really good team, really good team, and I think they're going to cause a lot of teams problems this year like they did last year. They like to play on the front foot. Uh, one thing we didn't touch on uh, in this podcast, which you know we haven't got time to go in now, is our inability to play for 90 minutes. Uh, we've looked really good in the sure. first half. We've dropped off badly in the second half. If we do, if we put in that kind of performance against a team like Wolves, I, I, I fear for us because we will have to play for 90 minutes and be on our guard for 90 minutes and not leave ourselves exposed uh, to situations of counter-attacking. But if we can get on the front foot and stay on the front foot, we've got every chance. So I'm always going to say we're going to win. So a narrow win, 1-0. Yeah, I think that's an interesting point you make about uh, keeping it going for 90 minutes. The problem is, with so many sides, you suddenly play this high press and play with such intensity, can you keep it going for 90? You know, there's very few sides that do that. Liverpool are probably the best examples of doing that in that way. Um, But yeah, uh, what about you, Rick? Your thoughts on Wolves and a score prediction? Wolves played their 10th match of the season last weekend, and I think they're struggling with the Europa League. I, I predicted it, and I think that's I'm right in that. They created the second fewest chances uh, attempts on goal in the Premier League this season. I don't think they're the team they were uh, 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 in last season. So I think I think we should win. I still think it's going to be really, really tough because they're going to, you know, they really do come at you. But I think we're going to win two one, and I don't think it'll be like it was last season. Okay, I, I, I get what you're saying. Wolves could be burning themselves out, but it, there is a break, so a few of them will have a rest. Uh, I'm going to go. Sorry, Gary, f- we, we didn't take our chances last season as well. We had loads of chances in the first no. half. We should have been three or four nil up, and we just got done by sucker punch. Sorry, Kerry. No, you're, you're, I think that they're all really valid points to make. You know, our inability to play for 90 minutes and our inability to score as many goals as we should when we've really got the neck press on some of these teams. So, yeah, uh, I'm hoping Wolves, uh, I think it could be a draw, but I'm going to go for a 1 0 win to us. Finally, we get a good clean sheet. So, uh, well, yeah. Yeah. It'd be I'd like lovely. That. I'd, 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 I'd like that. 
<laughs> Me too. All right, chaps. Well, we're, we're out of time. Um, thank you, Andy, as always. Uh, and thank you, Rick. Lovely to see you. And we'll see you all probably not next week, possibly the week. Well, definitely the week after. But we'll let you know. This is a Playback Media production. Get all the associated links for this podcast at chelseapodcast.net. Sports Social Podcast Network.